Hello, hello. Skeptics and Seekers, Sunday Sermon, Shorts. C-B-N. Believe in God's Report for Total Healing. Strange, strange title. Maybe if you are in a particular type of religious mindset, it it's not a strange title. But where I come come from, that's a strange idea. Believing God's report. What God gave you a report? Um why would you have trouble believing the report if what you're seeing is healing? Well, so what this would imply is that God is giving you a report that this person is healed even though they are on death's door, and you just have to believe the healing that God told you was going to happen. So how does God tell you that? Am I getting ahead of myself? Look, I'm not going to read a lot of this story. Uh, Gary and Robin, Gary's the husband, Robin is the wife. Robin had a uh, massive brain bleed, certain kind of aneurysm that, um, there's a technical name for it that I couldn't pronounce when I was reading the article, and so I'm not going to try it now. She thought she was having a stroke. Uh, she got herself to the hospital, but things went downhill rapidly. It was a very sad story in that sense. No one should have to suffer aneurysms. Thanks, Obama, for your intelligent design. Oh, wait, that wasn't Obama. Thanks, Canada. I don't know who to blame for it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's a, that's a terrible thing. And whether you are uh, come back from it or not, really bad things happen for you and your family and your loved ones, you know, your broader community. It's, it's bad. There's a lot of suffering that goes out from you. And uh, I don't, I don't wish that upon anybody. I've been in those communities. I've, I've seen this sort of thing. It is tragic. And so I feel for Robin. She was in a situation where uh, 21% of people, I think it said, I don't actually remember the number now. They don't survive. 2131 they don't they don't survive and uh yeah you uh you know and aneurysms are bad bad things so uh there's a surgery and uh, let me read this paragraph after the surgery when i went into her room this is from gary's perspective she was on life support, and she had so many IVs sticking out of her, and her head was shaved right up the middle, Gary recalled. I took one look at her. I turned to the wall, and I just started sobbing, because I thought to myself, that's not my wife. I have not had that experience with a wife, but I have had that experience with a couple of my co-workers at different times. Uh, one co-worker, you know, is at work every day, he's work at work, and then he's not. He's in the hospital, 
I go to visit. He's in the ICU. I'm allowed to go in. His family is there, but I am allowed to go in and visit him by myself. And all those tubes, all those machines, it, it was like a bad Borg experiment. It was nightmarish. I, I don't even know what I thought, but I was, I was shaken to the core. It's the first time I saw anything like that was close enough to touch. It wouldn't be the last time uh, I've experienced something like that. And all of that was precursor to my own time in those conditions. So this story is a little bit hard for me because it's very personal and um, it, it recalls a time in my life that is still to this day and to my death will be very uh, traumatic and triggering. So uh, it's not with a light spirit that I do this story. Okay, so, um, you know, there are prayer teams and so forth. Uh, and in his church religion, there are some people called uh, intercessors. I really don't know what intercessors are. So those who have this kind of church background, maybe you can drop some knowledge. Skepticsandseekers.squarespace.com. Log in your discuss account, discuss way, you know what to do there. And I will be glad to read more of it. But as as I understand it, it's just a team of people who pray for people in need. They intercede for you. But I don't understand why intercessory prayer is necessary. Why do you need a middleman to pray for you? Because the whole idea, it seems, of inter intercessory prayer is that your prayer isn't enough. You know, the, the king is busy. Tell the king's man, and the king will tell, and then that king's man will tell the king. But you have access to the king. I don't, I don't understand why you need more than that. So, but it, it's okay. Because that's not the story. This is not how prayer works story. This is more of how miracles work story. All right, Robin's condition initially improved, which shocked her doctors. This nurse came up to me and he said, now, Gary, remember, this is a 21-day marathon. But this time yesterday, my wife was hanging between life and death. And now you don't want me to get excited? And then the very next sentence, then Robin had a major setback. Because that's how these things work. Frankly, she's already outpaced the average by this time. Um, so if we're going just by the averages, she should have been dead. But yeah, you get, you know, when, when you don't, die immediately. You sometimes get better, you get worse, you get better, you get worse. Uh, 
that happens. But uh, she gets worse to the point where, you know, Gary is got to whip up the prayer team again, go for another round of prayers. And uh, throughout this time, Gary is having to make a three-hour drive round trip to the hospital. And he does this every day. Let's read this paragraph. Gary continued to make the three-hour round trip every day to the hospital to be by Robin's side. When I came home, as I'm pulling into the driveway, this is as strong as an audible voice that I've ever heard. But I heard such a resounding in my spirit. Whose report are you going to believe? He, he heard this in his spirit. I could say something similar like that. You know, a skeptic might say, man, I, I just felt this overwhelming feeling. I've, I felt it in my bones, right? We're not talking about something magical. This, this is a very human kind of thing. And so we might say, yeah, I really felt it in my bones. I felt it in my gut. Notice the, the physicality of it. But Christian language has to be a little bit different. No, he didn't feel it in his bones. He didn't feel it in his gut. He felt it in his spirit. You see, that's, that's different. That's, a, that's religion. That's the place where miracles happen. That's the place where God can talk to you, where you can hear voices. And out loud I said, I choose to believe your word. Okay. Let me just back up for half a second. I don't know if you've been in one of these ICU rooms. There are millions, probably tens of millions of dollars in equipment in every space of, of an ICU. It's a lot of equipment <laughs> and the doctors, some of the best doctors in the world, some of the most expensive doctors in the world and some of the most expensive nurses in the world, realm o'clock observation. There's a lot of money and technology going on to keep this woman alive. And in cases like this, we would say, oh, it's a miracle when it works. It does work. But it doesn't always work. It doesn't work most of the time. But it does work. That's why we do it. So in this miracle, you, you I can't let you forget the fortune that is being spent keeping her alive. I also can't let you forget the fact that this person for weeks at this point has been driving back and forth every day, three hour round trips. Uh, he's, he's probably also working. I, the article doesn't really go into that. If it did, I missed it, but he's, he's been in long days, lots of driving. Um, he's exhausted. I, I can tell you that right now. He's he's physically exhausted. He's emotionally exhausted. He's probably not eating well, almost certainly not sleeping. Of course, he's going to start hearing things and seeing visions. This is the way of the human body and brain. 
this is what happens. This is a, a purely physical phenomenon. And of course, those voices are going to tell him things that he wants to hear. You know, he feels in his bones, he's having this conversation with himself, but he calls the, the positive part of himself God. And he's to the point where he's talking to it out loud. Okay, the, the, I'm, the, I'm not saying this to mock this person. It's not mock-worthy. This is just how the human body works, and everybody knows it. But Christians, it's as if they dropped out of school at the eighth grade. They never took a biology class. Or they took all of the classes, but they conveniently forget about everything. And they just fall back to desperate Christian thinking. They forget all about the physicality. So it's, it's just God, you know, at that point. All right, so let's cut this long story a little bit shorter. Robin does go through a fairly total recovery. It's a miracle, except it does happen. <laughs> okay. It, it does happen. I would add all the time, although in small percentages, the law of large numbers. I talk about this sometimes. I'm not a mathematician, so I might get some of it wrong. But one of the rules of the law of large numbers is that even small percentages are big numbers. And this is something that humans have a hard time wrapping their heads around. I mean, you might talk about the population of humanity being 8 billion uh, people. And so 1% of that would be 80 million people. That's, still a, that's a huge number. That's an unthinkable number. And that's 1%. Um, law of large numbers, you know. So the aneurysms, you're saying 21% of people, uh, only 21% of people survive this. You know, or 30% or whatever the number is. But, you know, if a million people or, or throughout the world over the course of a year have this problem. Um, even 1% of that is 10,000. So, you know, 20% of that is 200,000. It's a lot of people, right? In the law of large numbers, even small percentages are big numbers. So I'm not arguing that it's a small percentage of people that survive this. I've, I've known a number of people who've died from aneurysms. Aneurysms are bad. They're very, they're very bad, but a certain percentage of them do survive. And so it's not a miracle when they survive. It's biology. And really good medicine, right? Um, and I am happy for every Christian who survives this. I, I don't begrudge them their survival. I don't, I'm happy. I'm overjoyed for Robin. She was in the hospital for three months, three months. 
I was in there for a third that time. I was so sick of being there. I practically discharged myself. I, I was, I insisted on leaving. I mean, actually they can't keep you there. <laughs> so, um, I left, it was on a Wednesday night. I went to church. Um, by the time church service was over, the person who picked me up from the hospital had to bring me back to the hospital. Check back in the same night. Um, it was a pretty miserable time. I was in and, a in and out of the hospital uh, a lot that season. Once again, part of my own uh, personal story that maybe I'll talk about in more detail one day. You'll, you'll get small hints of it here and there. Uh, so I, I know what it's like to be the one hooked up to the tubes. I, I just wanted to die. <laughs> People talk about fighting to survive. I wasn't fighting to survive. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't want to survive. Um. So I, it's. I I love it when someone beats the odds, but they are odds, and it happens. So I just want to read this last bit here. Um, this was a statement from Robin, I think. Okay, uh, maybe a statement from both of them from the interview. Although Gary and Robin were strong in their faith before, they say this experience has taken them to another level. My faith has just exploded because I saw the supernatural, miraculous intervention of God. I saw with my own eyes my wife go from death to life. Just that last paragraph. I know he's speaking kind of poetically because she was never dead. But I know what he means. We all know what he means. Okay, so we can forgive him that. But in the hands of Christians, in Christian speak, maybe we can't quite forgive him for that. You know, if, if I say that, you know what I mean. But in the hands of Christians, I guarantee you 10 years from now, someone will point to this article or some fragment of this article and say, here was an example of a resurrection in modern times. Because it's, it's right here in the article. A woman went from death to life. I know, I know you're thinking that seems pretty harsh, but if you you know, go back in the Bible and look at the various coming from death to life stories. How many of those started off as someone who was really sick and beat the odds and came back? And, you know, some quote unquote wonder worker came around and gave him a blessing and said, this person is going to be okay. And they, and they were healed. And then that, be that becomes a resurrection story. Now this is, this is myth making in action. Uh, and, and once again, I, I, it's, it's forgivable. I can understand it, but this is how the sausage is made. This is how miracles happen. He says he saw a miracle with his own eyes. I've read the story. I can link to the story for you. You can read this story. It's a good story. At the end of the day, it's a happy story, but I challenge you in that story, find the miracle. Can you locate the miracle for me? 
Where did the miracle happen exactly? Because I didn't see that. These are people who are just desperate to find a win for God. They beat the odds. They ran the table. They got through it after millions of dollars in health care. They got through it. A quarter of a year in a hospital bed. Yes, they got through it. But I didn't see the miracle there. I didn't see the working of prayer there. And, And you don't either. Christians, you don't either. Just be honest. When you call this sort of thing a miracle, when you say things like, I saw the miracle happen right before my eyes, you are cheapening what miracle is. And you are making it almost impossible for people like me to ever believe in an actual miracle because we see what you're calling a miracle. And it's ridiculous. So just consider whatever third world country you want to consider, Bangladesh. You know, whatever developing nation you want to think of. All of those people with brain bleeds, there's a good chance that none of them make it through. It's not because of lack of prayer. They got prayer. Excuse me, they got prayer. They got intercessors. There are many Christians in these countries. They got prayer. They got an advocate with a father. You know what they don't have? A room with tens of millions of dollars worth of equipment. So you got the prayer, you know, in all situations, in the equipment in some situations, and the quote-unquote miraculous healings come out of the room with millions of dollars worth of equipment and millions of dollars worth of doctors and nurses and medication. There's your miracle. Not a miracle. But when you call that a miracle... You bring into doubt, if there are any real miracles on your side of the ledger, you bring them all into doubt by just calling everything a miracle. It makes it so much easier for people on my side of the fence to just dismiss everything you have to say about miracle. Because we look at your story, we examine your story, and we don't see the miracle, and we see what you're doing. You're just... Wanting to give glory to God for something. Did you give glory to God for her getting the aneurysm in the first place? Just curious. But the other thing I wanted to mention before I go in this long short. I'm going to have to edit this thing at work. <laughs> so the other the other thing I wanted to mention. He says, my faith has just exploded because of this. Okay. It's gotten better. It's increased. Christians. Christians, talk to me. Is that actually a good thing? Should a person's faith increase when they get something they want? Think about that. It, let's let's just call it a miracle. Let's just say that it it was God intervening. I mean, we can't tell, but let's just, let's just say that. And a person says, "Okay, God did the thing, so I increase my faith." What about the millions more people who didn't get that divine intervention where their loved one died like most people. Would that then be an occasion for their faith to decrease? Talk to me. Because if it's valid, 
for you to say, okay, I got what I want, and so my faith increased. Then it's also valid to say, well, God didn't come through, so my faith decreases. And so if we put that on a ledger, ledger, the number of times that God's miraculous power failed to come through, then on the basis of miracles, no one should be a believer. Yeah? No? Talk to me. You know what to do. Skepticsandseekers.squarespace.com. Log in your discuss account and discuss away. Shoot me an email. Skepticsandseekers at gmail.com. Until next time, I'll see you in the comments. In the meantime, I'm out.